Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of all marketing school certification. Hello and welcome to Make an Impact Show, a podcast run by Creative Impact Co. Our mission is to help creatives grow their business, hone their marketing, and share their stories via outstanding content. Audi. Is that how you say it? No, actually, how did they say it? How did the Australians say it? No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I love saying Audi, but I think if you don't say it with an Australian accent, it doesn't work as well. I'm not very good at accent, so I won't try that. So I'll probably just say, hi, Fab, how are you doing? I am excellent. Thank you very, very much, Amy. How are you doing and how excited are you to talk about our favorite topic, social media? I am pretty excited. You know, I, well, we could talk about social media all day long. And when friends ask me about how it's going, I literally just end up rabbiting for ages but I am really excited to talk about it in a more I guess like a personal way but also a kind of business mindset way so yeah this is going to be one for a lot of people and we actually are really really lucky today because we're joined by the lovely Chloe from Tailwind app which is one of our partners and friends so I really want to make that clear we worked with them as well as using their services for the past four years now. So I'm really close to the guys and I absolutely love what they do and who they are. But also it was so fun to be able to chat to Chloe about her experience, both with the company, but also on a personal level when it came to the massive changes that we're going to explore today when it comes to mainly Instagram and Pinterest, just for everybody to know. And I think it's been really fascinating to look at how things have changed and the shift and the focus has been evolving when it comes to both platforms, definitely on the video, definitely on the discoverability. And again, we actually talk about the algorithm unsurprisingly, but I think it's something that a lot of us have experienced in the past um, probably six months, going back to a more hybrid way of life, but also trying to now compete for our audience's attention in a completely new way. I agree. It's been a really difficult three months on Instagram, personally, obviously for creative impact as well. I know we've noticed a lot of shift, but kind of as my kind of food photography kind of side, it's been really tough and I felt really deflated by it. I do have to admit that I felt, even though I'm so grateful for the community that I've built up and everyone who follows me, I'm absolutely always so grateful for, but it's been really difficult and I've not been enjoying my time on social media as much as I used to. And I do feel like I'm competing for attention all the time and that it's not always the people who I don't know, do the best work, you get all the fame and glory, I guess that it is. But I guess, again, it's that ability to adapt and change and learn what's working, learn what's not working. And I know, get get used to a new normal, I guess, maybe. And I think it's a great reminder what you mentioned there, Amy, is something we actually talked about in the chat, which is I have been, I've been working in marketing and social media for the past 10 years. And I found that when apps were not competing for our attention as much, we're not competing against each other as much. Because let's be honest, like Instagram saw TikTok and they were like, that thing looks cool. I'm going to do exactly the same thing. That was easier. But now, right now, everybody's competing. Therefore, the way that they approach new features, new updates is so much faster than ever before. They also they have a lot more people to talk to. And that has meant that as creatives and creators and people that actually create these relationships online, we had to constantly look at what was changing. 
and it can be exhausting. But as I said, my job has been that for 10 years. So I have a lot less, I think, attachment to that, but it's just like from practice, really. And I'm like, okay, this doesn't work. But I think that's what's really important is then being able to step back something that you mentioned, actually. And I said on our personal note, I was like, okay, I'm going to take the reins again on what we are doing and try and explore again and have a bit more fun and see what works and what doesn't without too many expectations. And I think that's really a more effective way and also I think a more enjoyable way to experience it because as you say it can be frustrating and I think it's all right to understand that and acknowledge those feelings as well. Yeah I think that's important I think we need to talk about it as well because so much of our life and our time is spent on social media so it is going to have an impact on how we're feeling and I have days that it does get me down so I'm like I've made this amazing cake and no one's been able to see it Um, and it's literally no one's seen it because my reach is zero compared to how many followers and I think it's being able to talk about it and think okay well that's not my personal fault that's the algorithm and how can I do something fun to change that and how can I learn and I think this chat's going to really help a lot of people in that way a thousand percent I'm really excited guys for you to meet Chloe she is actually the affiliate and influencer marketing manager at Tailwind and she's also a lifestyle content creator and she's very passionate about supporting solopreneurs and small business owners as they reach their marketing goals So she really uses what she has learned through building her blog and a following of over 55,000 people on Instagram. And she's going to bring that as well as the knowledge from Tailwind into the mix today. I hope you're really going to enjoy it. I hope you're going to learn so much through this. What can I say? If not, on with the show. It is time. It is time to chat. Hello, Chloe. Hi, so excited to be here. How are you and your gorgeous little plants behind you, which people cannot see sadly doing? (laughs) You know, these are, these are always a conversation starter. So I have a propagation wall on my kind of zoom backdrop. So it's fun for meetings and it's better than like just a blank wall. Although nothing against a blank wall. I have that sometimes depending on where I'm sitting, but yeah, it's fun to have people be able to look at plants. I found it soothing already. It's already kind of calming me. I mean, it's the end of the day here, but I'm already like, ah. I love that. Plus, I love, I mean, this is definitely going already like off on a tangent, which usually doesn't happen. But I want to say that I love propagating plants. It actually is so much fun for me because I have a Monstera plant, which people don't know is like this Swiss cheese one. So it's really big and it propagates really well. So every so often I give him a bit of a trim. And I love propagation. Can you tell us just, then we're, we're going to talk about Instagram and Pinterest and social. <laughs> I promise. I promise. But can you tell us what propagation is? Because it's such a cool idea. And I mean, I'm pretty sure you're doing it really well because you've got quite a few bad boys down there. I do. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call myself a plant expert, but I, I'm i a plant enthusiast. So propagating is when you trim some of the leaves off of a plant and you have to make sure that you capture the ones I have propagating behind me are called pothos and they have a little node. Um, I'm not sure if it's called a node on all plants. See, I'm not very experienced in all of the propagation, but uh, you just trim the plant and make sure that there's a little node. And then if you put it in water, it will grow. Uh, So it's just pretty to see the plants in water when they're in like clear glasses. And then uh, you can actually repot the plants or the, the leaves that you have propagating into different pots to just have even more plants in your house. So it's like you buy one and then you could have basically unlimited pothos or whatever plant you choose around your home all the plant babies all the plant babies exactly that is an excellent explanation and one one little bit more of advice I'll give people if they get excited after this and they're like oh what did you learn on a podcast about Instagram I learned about plants yeah (laughs) you're welcome kids one thing I would say just be mindful of which plant you're propagating if you're not giving it away because again as I said most of our plants are huge so I usually give away the babies of my of my plant called Tommy in case people need to know Uh, (laughs) so just make sure that you you're mindful of the fact that then you will have quite few plants and it's a nice little gift I find for people when you put it in the soil and then you give it to others so yes you're welcome that's a great idea 
You're welcome. Now we'll start with um, icebreaker questions, which I don't think we need because actually we know each other because just for disclaimer and for people to know, we have worked as partners with Tailwind for such a long time because I love the platform. So Chloe will give us a bit more context about what Tailwind is, but I genuinely love you guys. Uh, But before we talk a bit about that to ease into social, I want to ask you my three icebreaker questions. Are we ready for it? Yes. Awesome. Okay, Chloe, what is the first job you had and what did you learn from it? Wow. Okay, so my mind went to my first professional job and then I thought back to my first real job. So do you want both? Do you want one? Let me know. Let's go for real. Real job. My first paid job was I dressed up as Snow White for kids birthday parties at this place that had like they had a castle room they had a like a gym room they had a golf room so it was kind of just a a place for kids and there were different themed rooms and so I was in the castle room and I would dress up as Snow White and serve pizza and just and cake and take pictures with the kids and I think I I mean I learned a lot from that job. I think I the main thing I learned was how to work with parents and that dynamic. I remember always feeling like a kid because I think I was like 15 or 16 or something and yeah, I was like I had to I had to be like okay, I'm not one of the kids. I can like talk to the parents and it kind of intimidated me. So that that helped me get over that that scary gap you feel with adults sometimes when you're a teenager. I love that. And I love that they do where Snow White serving people pizza. I think that is absolutely brilliant. I had very short hair at the time. So it was like, I kind of, I'm very pale and I have dark hair. So it was, it worked. That's excellent. Thank you so much for that. Now, the second question is a bit more recent. So I'm actually going to ask you, what is the best investment of a hundred pounds or less that you made, oh, dollars, apologies, that you made in the last, <laughs> forgot, that you made in the last six months. Um, if it's something that has got no price tag, that's also fine. But if it does, something is $100 or less. See, this is where it gets tricky because investment, I mean, I, I have to say finance is not my specialty. So uh, when I think investment, I think of just something that brought me a lot of joy that I'll have for a long time. Um, and that would just be a, a really good pair of Madewell jeans. I have a couple of pairs. I wear them constantly and it just makes me feel good to have like, those are the only jeans I have. They fit me perfectly and I will buy a new pair like every six months. And so I got my new pair recently and I was very excited about it. And it just kind of makes me, it makes all of my outfits feel brand new and exciting. So it's not a very uh, uh, educational investment, but it made me happy. As long as it sparks joy, I'm happy with that. I'm absolutely happy with that. One thing that I'm questioning more than anything is you actually are wearing jeans like on a day-to-day basis, which I think most people right now listening are still like, I still kind of don't want to. I'm so, so comfy with tracksuits. <laughs> Why would I do that to myself? I have had to force myself to get dressed for two reasons. One, because I can and will stay in sweats 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, you know, it's not as motivating to work when you're not ready. And I hate to admit that, but it's true. And the second reason is I actually, you know, I have a style blog. So I do have to get dressed every day. So at least if they're comfortable things that make me feel good. And I would say these these jeans are very comfortable. So it's not like it's not like I'm wearing uncomfortable things all day. And let's be real. I'm usually only dressed for like a couple hours a day. We're not we're not going out and doing things all day like normal. That's true. That's true. That's very fair as well. Now, the last question, the quickest, but potentially a bit harder. So if you were to choose a trivia category that you'd be really good at, what would that be and why? Taylor Swift trivia, because I have been a Taylor Swift fan for so long. And especially in my younger days, I really... I felt like I needed to know every detail about her, her life, her songs. 
Um, so I would love for it to be something marketing related, something, you know, even style related, but really, I think that that would be the one where I would be shocked if there was a question I didn't know. You know what, if you think about it, a lot of these things are usually the things that either we grew up with, or we kind of really like wildly obsessed with. So you will not be surprised to hear probably that most people are not coming out with anything to business related. It's actually, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it can be everything. We had Westlife at some point. So it's literally anything and everything. So Taylor Swift, I'll do with that. I'll do with that. I love that. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's like our guilty pleasures. That's, that's where we're getting all the secret facts and storing them up. That is excellent. Well, now we're actually sidelining now to the actual topic of the conversation, which people will be surprised to know that it is actually another topic that we both enjoy, nevertheless, which is social media and especially social media for creatives and experts. And obviously within creatives, we know we have the bloggers, we have the Instagram creatives, we have the creators. And I think in general, like I obviously I'm a marketer, that's my background. So I constantly look at trends and changes for clients, for other things that I do. But I think, especially in the last six months, a lot of the updates, a lot of the changes that have happened, including, I want to add, which we didn't talk about before this, but the new Pinterest creator fund, which I think is really interesting mm. as well, especially like changes and updates for creatives, like for people that actually do create a lot of content and not just from a business perspective, not just from like a conversion. I think this has been really the time where there's been so many new ways to engage, create and curate content. And so I wanted to ask you, actually, we have a couple of things that we think we're going to kind of dab into. I'm going to ask you first, maybe to remind us again, a bit more about Tailwind, even if, again, we always talk about it in the intro, but... And after you talk about Tailwind, I would like to hear which one out of all of these things that have happened has been the most exciting update for yourself or feature for yourself. So do you mean feature within Tailwind? Uh, apologies, no, within social in general. Sorry. Within social media. Okay. That's, I was just making sure. Yes. So I have loved working with you. We did a really fun Instagram reel or Instagram stories webinar and so it's just always such a pleasure to talk to you about social media. And I love that that's one of our passions. Uh, and I love that you love Tailwind. Uh, it's been just a pleasure to work with you. And I think that Tailwind has a lot of power for small businesses, for budding entrepreneurs, for people who are trying to start a side hustle or take their side hustle to the next level. Uh, and what Tailwind does is essentially Tailwind allows you to plan and schedule your social media content for Instagram and Pinterest. And there's obviously different strategies for Instagram and for Pinterest. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into that today. But what I love about uh, specifically Tailwind for Instagram is it's really hard when you, you know, have a business you're passionate about. Like I always think about someone who has an Etsy shop or an online course or anything like that. You're, you're essentially creating this valuable product or valuable resource for people. And it's almost like another full-time job to then market that so that you actually have people buying it and people supporting you. And so what I love about Tailwind is it allows you to really uh, cut down the time that you're spending on marketing. It gives you the tools you need to build out the social media plan that's going to lead to your success, attract people to your product or to your resource or whatever, or whatever service you're offering. And then it's going to allow uh, you to really save time and uh, identify your audience and continue to reach your audience in the best way. So that's that's kind of an overview of how Tailwind helps. We have a lot more about specifically what we can do, whether it's you know using our hashtag finder to generate the right hashtags for your post and expand your reach, or using some of our prompts to help you come up with a plan for what to even post on social media. So there's so much to get into, but that's that's my little overview of Tailwind. And then as far as, did you say trends in social media? Yeah, so I was very hesitant about Instagram Reels. And I wasn't sure how I felt about them when Instagram rolled them out. It felt like, 
you know, I already have my, my TikTok guilty pleasure where I'm just watching TikTok videos. And then I come to Instagram to look at my Instagram people. They felt, you know, felt like very different types of content as a consumer, let alone uh, as a creator. But seeing Instagram reels really come into their own has been fun. And some of my favorite creators have made some incredible posts through reels. Some reels have gone super viral and have helped people to grow uh, their audience in a way that maybe they hadn't done for months or even years on Instagram. And so it's always exciting to me to see a new tool that it's always hard to adjust to a new feature, but it's fun to see what it unlocks for business owners and for creators and uh, how consumers react to them. I think people didn't always love Reels at first, but it does feel like people are starting to come around to them a little bit more. I think it's also a matter of better understanding how we can make it work for ourselves by mm. almost stepping slightly away from what we see works for others and be like, that's exactly what I need to do, which you can do. But then a lot of the time you feel, I feel really stupid pointing my finger at the wall or I'm not mm-hmm. comfortable dancing around and lip sync. <laughs> Usually is my, that's my specialty, lip syncing, I'm excellent at. And I enjoy doing that. Oh, I don't want to make fun of myself, which again, never a problem for me. But everybody's different. And I think if you understand kind of which way you want to show up for yourself, your things, your content through reels, through that type of video, because it is very different. I think that has been helping people feeling more comfortable with mm-hmm. them because mm-hmm. I felt I felt that was a big barrier. You, you were looking at the TikTok style videos, especially from the beginning. And that's what was then translated into the, the real style mm-hmm. of content. And a lot of us felt like, Mm, how do I feel about that and I think being able yes. to adapt it is probably being beneficial I don't know what you think about that also from your personal experience I guess I think reels started and they were just TikToks repurposed now it's starting to feel like those aren't performing as well when you have the TikTok watermark or people are tired of seeing the same content and the same trends on every platform And what I'm starting to see emerge this year is uh, people getting over their fear of reels and their fear to do reels a certain way. And that would be my encouragement for anyone listening. I, as a creator, like you mentioned, I definitely am constantly navigating the, the pressure of jumping on a trend and being authentic to my brand and finding the the happy middle there. And I'm sure everyone goes through that. For me, I think I have just tried to make reels really fun because frankly, they they perform pretty well compared to, I find they perform well when you're mixing it up, when you're using feed posts, IGTV and reels. And Instagram seems to like people using a combination of different features. Uh, And so what I encourage people with is the strategy that goes into your feed posts. If that's working for you, keep it up. If it's not, test some things with reels. Try having a bit of fun, seeing what happens. And there's a little bit more flexibility because the feature is so new. And that's, that's what I've been doing myself. I'm going to ask you now, again, we obviously, as, as we said, we work together. I've, I've worked with Tailwind for a long time, but also I'm a user. So we obviously use uh, for both Pinterest and Instagram, but obviously Instagram is where a lot of our audience is more responsive. It's just the way it is. Pinterest, obviously, we'll get to that because there's some exciting stuff happening there as well. But uh, the, the, the search engine style sort of first proposition of it just makes for a different type of content and different expectations. But when it comes to Instagram, for example, I was thinking, how do you think where the content, not even scheduling, because it's probably the second step, the, the curation, because you mentioned it, of the content from a creative perspective will change. Let me explain. Before, you know, you would go into Tailwind, you have, say, you're going to post five days a week. And then you can schedule everything in Tailwind and that's all of your content and that's your grid. Now, what type of spanner in the works do you think we're putting now that some of the content that we actually are posting is not going to fit within that scheduling? How do you think people are going to navigate that? Because also from a logistical point of view, I think it's slightly going to change the way that we think about 
how we're going to create and curate the content, if that makes sense. I absolutely understand what you're saying, and I can't give too much away, but we do have some exciting features coming out in, you know, the, the near future to semi-near future, and I'm excited for people to see what Tailwind's working on. People have been working so hard on the the features that are going to solve a lot of the problems that you're talking about, but nonetheless... I would say that there is a sense where having the consistency of the feed posts that it's not like nothing's changed in the last six months, the last year, but it is still important to engage your audience in the ways that you were originally engaging your audience and making sure that you're having those posts that are educational, posts that are engaging your community, posts that are inspiring, posts that are going behind the scenes. And what I love about Tailwind is there is a lot of planning involved to ensure, okay, whether you do it once a week, once a month, you can go on Tailwind, you can make sure that every month you're reintroducing yourself. Every month you're educating your audience in in multiple different ways. And then I think about reels and uh, in the same way that I think about stories, you can plan it out to an extent, perhaps if you are attaching it to a feed post or doing it in tandem with something like that. But stories are, and, and this is our my little plug to watch our Instagram stories webinar that we did because it was so much fun. We had such a blast. Uh, I would say stories are really fun because there's so much less pressure when you do a story in terms of a feed post. No one's going to know if it flops. No one's going to know if, you know, 10% of the normal people that watch it, watch it. And no one's going to know if it's your most watched story ever. And if people are really engaging and, and there's a lot of flexibility with stories, like there's a little question box that you can, you can put on your story. And I don't know if we talked about this in the webinar, but I saw a funny video of someone saying that you can just ask yourself questions and, and kind of prompt, if, if no one's asking you questions, ask yourself questions and answer those questions. Like there's so much flexibility in terms of how you engage your stories and uh, your audience's stories. And you don't necessarily have to put the same kind of s- strategy in place that you're doing for your feed posts. And, and I think Reels is similar as well. And it's not as, it's not as structured as what we're used to. I'm going to tell you something now that that says between you and I and the people listening. All right, guys. Cool. Yes. Okay, cool. I do that too sometimes. I think everybody does that. And I, I have because done you, it before. You want to give people an example of what type of answers you're looking for? So sometimes when I'm like, actually, this this question probably people are like, eh, I'm actually answering sometimes a few times just to start it out. I love that we're just exposing ourselves right now. And you'll have to say in your marketing, which you already probably thought of this, that we are just exposing our dirtiest Instagram secrets on this episode Uh to get people to watch. I definitely have had that happen, especially if someone asks a question that maybe I don't want to answer the full question. Maybe it feels a little personal or, you know, whatever it may be, you can just reword it and, uh, and ask yourself a question and answer it. I mean, there's no shame in that. Everybody's done it. Not everybody, but you don't have to feel bad about it if you're if you're just promoting your your content, trying to get content into the world. It's hard enough as it is. Just do your best and and it's all good. My mantra for social media is no one will remember. Everything we do, if we make a mistake, if we try something and it fails, no one's going to remember that. And everything teaches us something that we can take into the future. We can, we can adapt, we can grow, but if we're not failing, we're never going to learn what we need to, to get to the next step and the next level. And I think that's so important actually, when it comes to content, because I was literally having a chat with, uh, with a client earlier, we again, one of our experts and creatives and, um, 
and I, and they were like, well, what if the post doesn't go that well or people don't react to it? And I thought, well, at least you tried. And again, their account is also very new. So that's probably even better for them. I was like, well, if you don't start trying, you're not going to know. You might see what works for X, Y, and Z, but if you don't know what works for you and your audience wants to see, I was like, you know, if it's really tanks and nobody responds or likes or will even sees it, you can always archive it later because maybe it's going to completely be different from the branding that you want to have. So I said, you know, in the worst case scenario, you can always adapt it and learn from it. And I think it's a great reminder. And again, it's something that I say to myself a lot as well. I think that's one of the reasons why I like, I love and not despise, but I love a hate of marketing because some things will work, some things won't. And then after a month, half of them will not be relevant anymore. And there's a, there's an, an interesting way of actually being able to understand and plan, but also there's a bit of release. You can actually let it go and be like, okay, this hasn't worked and it's probably going to change again and that's okay. And you don't always have that, but with the social media, especially because um, something that you mentioned as well, like we have platforms that change all the time. New features happen, uh, new prompts, new trends, all these little things, algorithms, God damn it. You know, I'm probably going to go to that right now because I know that's another dirty secret, the algorithms. These things change. And because of that, social media is constantly evolving. And even for us to work in it every single day, it is still, you know, a catching up game and it requires constant learning and adapting. And I think that's very important to say. I couldn't agree more. And another thing I've had to learn is that what works for me is not going to work for someone else. And what works for someone else might not work for me. And so when I'm studying social media, like you're talking about and testing things out, it's different based on your audience, your niche, your whatever it may be. It's not all, it's not a one size fits all. And that's where the creativity comes in. And that's where in my opinion, you can't be creative if you're not willing to fall on your face and you will fall on your face a lot. And eventually it'll stop hurting as much. <laughs> Lol. I wanted to ask you actually, when it comes to the algorithms and kind of how, how you think things are changing. And again, I appreciate that this is kind of relevant probably for the next four months and then it might change again, <laughs> again, as we just said, um, but I wanted to hear some of the things that you have found really interesting. I'm going to say from me, which you mentioned before. So I'm going to reiterate it because it's a very important element. Reels are fun and they're interesting and they're new, but also they have a massive level of discoverability that we don't find anywhere else right now. And I mean, there's a new button in the middle for a reason, because obviously from a UX perspective, they want you mm -hmm. to click on it. So that is definitely something that I've seen is undeniable that that is happening, that focus, that trying to kind of really encourage people to engage with those. But I don't know if there's anything else that you guys have seen, obviously within Tailwind or even something that you started to experience when it comes to some of the evolution and the changes, I guess, that, that are happening and how people can feel a bit more conf confident sometimes doing something, knowing that, okay, there's some reason within what's going on and what we are seeing on our feeds. Yeah, such a good question. I, I've i noticed a lot of changes recently. I've noticed that IGTV videos are not being distributed in the way that they have been in the past. There was, I think it was 2019 into 2020 when IGTV videos were, if you made one, they it was like that everyone would see it and you could get an incredible reach from that, especially personally for me in my, my niche of sustainable fashion. And I think just style in general, I, I just saw so many of those videos do incredibly well. Now I see the same types of videos, not getting that reach on IGTV, but I see even shorter, less curated videos doing incredibly well and hitting those numbers on reels. And so what does that tell me? That tells me that reels are getting the best. If you have, if, if your goal is to distribute something widely, I would say reels are probably your best option, but that does not mean that feed posts aren't as relevant because those posts nurture and engage the audience that you have built since the beginning. And so I had a moment where I tried doing 
only reels for like a couple of weeks just as a test because I love testing things. And I noticed that my first reels did really well. And then they started to kind of taper off towards the end. And then I posted a feed post and that did really well. Why? Well, some people just don't want to watch reels and I have, you know, reels are new. So my audience, my audience has been with me for years. So they were so excited to see the content that I had been sharing with them since the beginning. And that's where it's important to really balance your strategy. And I was curious what would happen if I only posted reels. And it was exciting to kind of see that happen. Um, and, and, and learn from that. The other thing I would say is that that tells me about the IGTV versus reels is that people are looking for more bite-sized content. If you can believe it, people's attention spans have gotten even smaller. Uh, and I think especially because probably the amount of digital content consumed in the last year is astronomical and probably terrifying with all of us trapped at home and not able to engage our communities and go out and and you know live our normal lives so we're relying on digital content for a lot of our connection and and community and entertainment right now and have been for a year so i think that that helps us as creators as business owners as entrepreneurs you don't have to make a five minute, well edited, you know, very high quality IGTV video like you might have a year ago or two years ago. Now it's it's a lot easier to film a simple reel, even if it's just your face, like we talk about in stories, how simple it is to just Film your face. People love looking at faces. People love looking at faces on reels and get that content out there. It, you'll be amazed at what happens and it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be incredibly well edited or anything. Just, you know, study what other people in your, in your industry or your niche are doing and try that. The other thing I would say is that I've noticed my posts get the engagement changes very often. So I would say, and, and this is what I've noticed in other creators as well, but obviously we're all different. So this isn't like, again, a one size fits all, but I will have a post tank in engagement and then I'll, my next post will skyrocket. And I don't understand why that's happening. I don't know if you feel that way, but I used to feel like my posts would carry the next post in engagement. Like I was almost building engagement in a way where I could maintain a momentum. And it does feel like each post kind of lives in its own universe now. What what have you noticed about that? Or what's that been like for you? It's actually interesting you mentioned that because I, that for me has been almost seeing something that is quite peculiar. Like for example, um, there has been obviously I'm thinking from a, from a visual level, because I will be honest, even for me, there's no rhyme or reason. Sometimes things work really well, but they don't. And I just, I don't understand. However, there was the old thinking of, you know, at seeing the, somebody's face or like really helps. And I think that is still coming back. And obviously it is interesting because not everybody will always have like pictures of themselves, but also again, if we want to educate, how can we do that? Mm -hmm. And I think is almost kind of thinking right now, what's happened, I think, not on an algorithmic level, but the algorithm is not helping with that, is mm -hmm. that we are shifting our strategy for creative impact. On my personal one, not as much because I'm actually taking a lot of time for reels because I enjoy that. So that helps me. So for that, I'm happy. But for creative impact, we're going back to slightly shifting our style, which some people might have seen by now. If you go to Creative Impact Co. on Instagram, you'll see there's been a change. And we're adding a lot more pictures or elements of actually people's faces within the quotes that we do. A lot of it is still graphics and it's still kind of that's kind of what we're leading with. But what I realized is that I didn't understand why really things went, you know, that the engagement went so low so quickly. And then... I tested with a couple and I've seen a difference. And I thought, well, actually what's happening is if you look at your niche or your or the people that you're talking to, think about the type of posts they're going to see all day. And from our perspective is people going to Canva, which is excellent. 
and creating loads of graphics, like the reminder, the little checkbox, the checklist. And before it was a nice little variety in your feed. But right now, if you're going through your feed and you are probably some of these people, all you see is a sea of graphics and there's nothing really standing out. So when we actually tried and reintroduce a bit more pictures, a bit more faces, a bit more differentiation, people will stop a bit more and it will actually get them to engage a bit more as well. And I found it's been really interesting because I've been preaching and talking a lot about the power of the visual graphics and kind of this encompassing content that delivers everything in, in just the visual and then you can add to it. But I found, and that's obviously just for us, but I found that, again, going back and just thinking, actually, what is the experience that the users are having right now? Well, we know that our audience follows a lot of people that we know, and all of these people are posting similar content. So if we create exactly the same content, what's going to happen is there's not going to be enough time to engage with that or stop or actually wanting to go further. And the second thing I'll say is also, it's been really interesting to see how also um, carousels do help with yes. engagement because people stop and want to read through. So that's another thing. So it's all about how to keep people to, as you say, attention span, you mentioned, to keep people longer on there, on that post itself, to actually engage and take the time to read through and digest it. So that's been for us. Again, it's a, it's a particular thing where I think it is worth asking yourself, well, what type of content am I putting out, especially on Instagram? And is it standing out enough? Is it exactly the same that people will see from everybody else? Because realistically speaking, you want people to be able to stop and engage. And the engagement of a like right now is great, but it's not enough anymore, especially if yes. you don't want to lead them through a journey, isn't it? I couldn't agree more, especially your comment about carousel posts. Sometimes I forget to talk about them because I, I almost exclusively post carousel posts. So I'm like, it's just part of my, my strategy because it really does help. And you don't have to be posting graphics to use them. You can use, I just do it with my, my content, my home and fashion content, because, you know, what I find works, this is the ultimate growth hack for me. Um, I say hack, but it doesn't always work. So, but when it does, it really does. As you know, we've been talking about how you just never know what's going to happen. But when I do a roundup of like, and this is just my niche, so you could do this in really any, any industry, depending on what you're promoting, but I'll say, okay, here were my 10 outfits from the most month that I loved the most, which one's your favorite. That is always my top performing post because it's and frankly what's so funny about it there's not a single new picture in the whole batch so it's almost like what you're saying people recognize and remember seeing the content so I'm reusing it but then they are able to look through they're thinking what's their favorite they comment they respond and it's so funny because sometimes I will feel like oh, my outfit's not that cute. This post isn't going to do very well. And then I'm like, but then I can add it to my roundup at the end of the month. So you don't, everything you're doing, even if it doesn't perform very well, reuse it in a roundup. You know, there's just like, like I'm saying, everything is a, a building block and everything can be tried again from another angle. Um, and then you said something else in your first, oh, you were talking about, about the graphics. What I've noticed is the algorithm changed significantly last year to the extent where these are the people I see most on my feed. People within whatever uh, niche I've looked at most often. For example, I got really into home decor last year, as did many of us. And I think we might have talked about this. And because we're all, we we're all stuck at home. And so all of the accounts that I was engaging with the most were home decor accounts. I didn't see like any of my personal people that I follow, any of the marketing accounts I follow, any of the fashion accounts I follow for weeks. And then I realized, oh my goodness, I've completely missed all these people because the algorithm is only feeding me this one thing. So I had to like, I had to slow down engaging with that content and go back and look up people and start liking their content. So I've noticed that about the algorithm that it's, it's really showing you the whatever niche that you're most interested at the moment. 
there's probably a way for us as creators and business owners to leverage that and try new things. The other thing I've noticed with that is that it's it's not necessary or it's showing when I follow someone new, I see their content all the time. And so some of the people I followed for a really long time, it's not showing me as much. And so that's just something to be aware of. When you get new followers, make sure to use your best content then. Like let's say you have a post that gets you you know, 10, 100, 1,000 new followers, whatever, that would be amazing. When, when that happens, make sure you're throwing out your best content right after that little growth spurt because you know that the algorithm is going to be showing your uh, content to all those new people that followed you. And it's just a good way to build engagement. That is really fascinating as well. And I think, again, it just makes sense for me as well from some of the things that I've seen. And I think it's also a reminder that, you know, a big part of also the social side of it, especially for Instagram, is that that engaging with people as well, because in order to be able to kind of like build that relationship and just almost educate the algorithm in a way, because that's what the algorithm does, it looks for patterns, is not an actual person going there and be like, I'm really going to piss off Chloe today. <laughs> it was really not that. Is I mean, that would be interesting if there was one little person kind of checking out all the accounts, but it's not. And I think it's a great reminder of that, that some of these patterns will make a difference as well. Now, I want to ask you just quickly about Pinterest as well, just to see, obviously, we talked a lot about Instagram, and I think there's going to be so much food for thought and things that people are going to be wanting to try within that, just to see, you know, and just play. I think that's probably one of the biggest takeaways from this, this side of the conversation is just play and try new things and be open because things will change. And it's good for you not to be too disheartened if something doesn't work, take it as a possibility to try something else and something new because this is literally what a marketer has to deal with every single day. But when it comes to Pinterest as well, there are some exciting things coming in. I mentioned the Creators Fund just because it shows me that the platform is really trying to, you know, get out there as much as possible and really talk to the creators as well. But I know it's not the only thing. So I wanted to ask you, what are you excited about when it comes to Pinterest? I'm really excited about story pins and I have tested out story pins myself and I'm not sure if they're actually rolled out to every single account yet. They might be. Uh, I know they were doing a slow release for Pinterest or for story pins to try to get people to start creating them. So they didn't just have this new tool and there were no story pins made, but there, I mean, people have been getting incredible reach with story pins. And it's been fun to see because I know that there have been a lot of changes with Pinterest in the last few years and especially recently. And so to have this new tool that really allows you to repurpose the video content that we've been talking about all episode, like post any of your IGTVs to stories, even if they're from last year or reels that you worked on and posted, um, just test them out on story pins. And obviously maybe you want to tweak the edit. You want to make sure that it, it works with your Pinterest audience, but I have just been seeing incredible success for myself and for others with story pins. So highly recommend checking that out. And as much as Pinterest has changed, it really is such an effective tool for uh, anyone who is selling a product or a service, especially. And if you're trying to grow traffic and promote your affiliate links, those are just, Pinterest is vital for, for those resources. If you're relying on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook alone, it's just not going to cut it because you constantly have to feed the machine. Whereas Pinterest, it really does you know, it takes effort, but that effort is multiplied over time when you're not even there. That's that's why so many people use Tailwind for Pinterest because it allows you to plug and play and walk away and then see what, you know, happens over the course of a week or a month. So it's still very important, I think, in your marketing strategy. I wanted to ask you actually about that. Um, and I think it's one of the elements that I love about uh, scheduling Pinterest uh, with Tailwind is obviously the newer feature, not not right now, but it was newer at the time, especially, which is uh, Tailwind Create. And 
maybe you can explain a bit more just what it is because you're probably going to do it much better than I am <laughs> um, but we use it currently and one thing that I wanted to ask you is based on some of the things that you have seen obviously Chloe is going to tell us exactly what it is but it does give you also some ideas of different styles of pins you can create and so after you tell us what it actually is can you tell us maybe if you've seen some trends or some types of designs kind of working mm. better versus others because I love the fact that Tailwind Creates allows you to browse countless designs but I also find that in a way it can also be a bit overwhelming sometimes it's even for me I'm like what should I stick to so maybe mm-hmm. a couple of best practices once you tell us what it is because it's a great tool and I think it can really help people massively save so much time yeah I love that I always, when I'm using Tailwind Create, well, first let me tell you what it is. Uh, so Tailwind Create is this new, brand new, I mean, not you like you're saying, it, it came out last fall, but still relatively new tool on Tailwind where you can go in and the first time you use it, you'll have to pick your brand colors, your brand fonts, and upload your logo. And so that's really the, the front-loading piece of Tailwind Create. It doesn't take long, but you want to make sure that you have your... It, and the intention here is so that everything's going to be branded for you every time you log on to use Tailwind Create. So you get that all set up the first time. And then from then on out, whenever you want to make a new pen, you just open Tailwind Create and you have two options. You can use a URL for a page on your website and we will take the images we find and allow you to select those images for your pins or you can upload the images you want to use for your pins. The next step is taking you into the actual design selection process and that gets into your question um, and what I was going to say. What I like to do is A-B test different designs. So depending on the topic at hand, I might pick one design and not use an image and then one design with an image, but make sure they're somewhat similar, right? And I believe you can select five pins per URL that you select uh, or whatever you're directing people to. So you know, do two A-B tests. Do have one be a pin with a graphic, or with an image, one without, and then you could have another A-B test where you're testing two with uh, the image being the main part of the pin and then the image being only in half of the pin. Personally, what I'm seeing perform well with Tailwind Create, I'm seeing people are loving the consistency of the brand in the same way that One thing that people love about Instagram is recognizing people's homes, recognizing people's outfits. You want to have something new in every post, but you also want to have something familiar in every post. And if you are posting all sorts of different things without that consistency of branding or of your face or of your life, people don't connect as much, I find. And so on Story Pin or on uh, with Pinterest Create, what I'm seeing is that having all of your pins be branded in the those fonts that people know are your fonts, those colors that people know are your colors. And then, you know, when you try out different different designs. I think I find that people like images on Pinterest, but it is interesting to see if you don't use an image. I've had some of those do well, depending on the topic uh, or what you're directing people to, like I said. So I would say just having the familiarity of this is my brand. This is my This is what my brand feels like, but I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to have different images. I'm going to have them. I might have multiple images. I'm seeing people start to really grow in their confidence with pinning. And it's just incredible how quickly you can do this. Um, I've tried making pins with other tools and it's not that they don't look great, but it really is takes a lot of work to do that then to to schedule them so that they're being distributed over uh, the right amount of time the fact that you can just go in and make these pins all at once and then they just are scheduled into your queue that's already set up it's it really takes the work out of pinterest 
And I think that's so important because people are hesitant to use Pinterest because you don't get that same instant gratification that you get with other tools like Instagram, where, oh my goodness, I got, you know, a like, or I got a comment within, you know, an hour of posting, you're getting those, you're getting that feedback. Pinterest, you might get some saves and views, but it can only grow from there. And that's, that's what I, I love about it. So I think it helps people to just know I have to be disciplined and I have to make my Pinterest time, whether it's once a week or once a month, and then I'm going to see results and I, I can trust that. And I can build on that. I love that. And again, you give us so much knowledge as well. And I would say, if you want to try Tailwind Create, then definitely try it. And then maybe re-listen to this as well, because I think there were some really good tips too. Because now again, as a user, I understand maybe how to make the most out of it. Like the consistency in the colors has definitely been helpful for us. But again, I think going back to what you said and just thinking, okay, what are some of the, the things that works the best is going to be really powerful. Plus you can see your favorite designs. So once you see which ones yes. work or don't, you're welcome. Uh, you can do that for yourself and then you can reuse the ones that work really well after you do a bit of an analytics, which I think is great. And again, I would say, if you want to find out more about Tailwind, Chloe is going to tell us after the last question, the hardest question, a bit more <gasps> about that uh, because we have a couple of very special offers for you guys as well. But the last question, before you tell us more, is Chloe, if you were to have brunch, brunch with anyone, dead or alive, who would that person be? Oh, Audrey Hepburn. I love her. And I think that it would just be so fun to have brunch with her. And, and I say that because I just recently watched the, I think it's on Netflix. There's a little, there's a new documentary about her and I've always loved her uh, so much. I love her movies. They're just so nostalgic. They remind me of growing up. I watch them all the time. And so I just would love to have brunch with her. I feel like Maybe if it was dinner, I would pick a different person, but hello, breakfast at Tiffany's. Uh, she's just elegant, brunches, brunches elegant. So I could see us having mimosas and having a lot of fun talking about her, her life. And she also had a very difficult life in addition to a very exciting life. So I, I just find her so interesting and I think it'd be fun to have brunch with her. I love that. That's an excellent answer. Thank you so much. I, I will say I was expecting Taylor Swift, but this works perfectly as well. I'll tell you a secret. I actually got to meet Taylor Swift. So I probably would have said her, but that was, you know, that happened. And I'm going to hold on to that and just cherish that moment and use my brunch card on someone else. <laughs> that is very wise. That is a very wise woman there. I love that. Now. To the final question, if people want to find out more about Tailwind, where should they go and what should they do? Great question. So I would recommend going to your site, actually, creativeimpact.group slash Tailwind, because you have a really fabulous setup. Um, and that is actually where people are going to be able to activate their $30 off credit for Tailwind. This is really the best deal that we offer. And so you have it. And if people want to try it, they should definitely use it. And you have an amazing step-by-step uh, -step guide to tell people really how to activate the coupon um, and exactly what to do. It's, it's really fabulous. And I use it as an example for other people who offer coupons and they want to know how to share it with their audience. So well done. Um, you guys couldn't be in better hands here. And you also have a link to try Tailwind Create. So really just creativeimpact.group slash Tailwind. It's going to guide you through setting up your Tailwind account and then activating your coupon. Now you don't have to activate your coupon right away. If you just want to try Tailwind out and see how you feel, try that, you know, go for it. There's no pressure at the beginning. Uh, you're going to get an opportunity to really test out how our platform works and see if it's a good fit for you. Uh, we have an amazing customer success team that is always around to help out if you have any questions, uh, tons of resources on our 
blog if you're looking for solutions and, and trying to understand how you can use Tailwind to grow your business or your brand. And then, uh, yeah, once you decide to sign up, if you do, you can use the $30 off coupon. And this, the exciting thing about it is if you decide to get a monthly plan, you'll get two months free. And if you decide to do an annual plan, you'll get $30 off the annual. So it, it it just depends on, okay, are you like, I want to keep going, but I'm not totally sold on buying the annual plan, even though I get a discount. I just want to keep getting some free months uh, and test out if this is a good fit. Or if you're like, I'm sold, I want to get the, the annual plan, which is a discounted rate. And then I want $30 off that, whatever you decide. So those are our options. And uh, you can find that all on the amazing website. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking your time, for sharing your knowledge and for being so fabulous. You are fabulous. It was so fun to talk with you. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check our show notes for more juicy goodness about this episode. If you loved it, please take some time to give us five stars on iTunes. And make sure that you let us know your ha-has and takeaways on Instagram at creativeimpactco. Also, you can find out more about us on our website at creativeimpact.group. <laughs>